Welcome to Mirapua Taste Buds. We're your buds, Emily and Melissa. This is a podcast about food, our daily lives, and how they intersect. Mirapua is the building box of flavor that elevate life. Today's episode is all about work, 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 work. work, 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 work. <laughs> Let's get cooking. So what are we drinking tonight, Emily? Tonight we are drinking a lovely Old Vine Zinfandel from California, from lovely Predator Wines. Ooh, mm-hmm. Predator. That's a good name. Yes, solid. It's weird, though, because they have a ladybug on the label, which doesn't well, strike me as a predator. They are. They're eating the aphids and the mites that prey on the vines. Ooh. Yeah. Bug predator. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so tonight we're talking all about jobs. And careers, because those really aren't the same thing, even though they seem synonymous. Um, we kind of have different connotations, I feel like, attached to both of those. I think I've had a lot of jobs <laughs> in my life. I have had few careers, um, personally. I know when I think of jobs, I tend to think of more of like what you do to survive or something that you kind of like fell into and maybe got stuck doing mm-hmm. a little bit more, whereas like a career obviously has more longevity and like you are passionate about that thing. So it doesn't feel like work. Yeah. I think jobs also for me have like a context of being um, you're replaceable in them and that mm-hmm. you are probably underpaid mm-hmm. <laughs> um, versus a career is something that definitely has like more growth and longevity, like you're saying, and definitely you're respected and, and valued in that position. I feel like I've been at some things that were kind of on the road to being careers where you still feel that way, though. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like, oh, how do you draw the line? Yeah, that is, that's a fact. <laughs> Sometimes you're still underappreciated, even that that thing you think is going to be a career. And it's like, oh, wow, this isn't the best environment. Totally. <laughs> it's uh, definitely super situational with how long I say at a position based on the people, too. The people are so mm-hmm. important that make up the people around you and on your team. I mean, most of your day is spent at work. So, like, yeah. you have to enjoy your surroundings at least somewhat. Otherwise, it's going to be miserable. So much of your life is spent with those people. Definitely. So a job is a noun and is a paid position of regular employment, a task or piece of work, especially one that is paid. Mm-hmm. Uh, it also better the, be. I, yeah, I know. <laughs> That's exactly right. Yeah. Um, there's also a verb way to do it, which is do a casual or occasional work, which totally makes sense as well. It's not really something like regular. It's just a jab. <laughs> <laughs> and then a career is... Uh, as a noun, is an occupation undertaken for a significant period of a person's life and with opportunities for progress. The other way to use it as a verb, which I still don't understand this, I'm not really sure where dictionary.com is coming from, but they say to move swiftly and in an uncontrolled way in a specified direction. Which I think that's careening. It, I believe it also is careening. I'm not, I've never heard, like, I'm careering toward that bush. <laughs> like, what? I'm going to start using it that way. You should. It'll confuse people. They'll be like, what? But Wait. I also feel like that's kind of accurate because, like, moving swiftly in an uncontrolled way in a specified direction is, like, totally going to college, hoping it's going to work out because you have this career in mind. Yeah. And, like, anything could happen at any yeah. moment, though. And so then, it's not 100%. No, it's, it's not, not guaranteed. It's not. You're just kind so you of going a in a direction. In yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, wow accurate portrayal all right Mm -hmm. dictionary.com you know what's what's going on (laughs) (laughs) so what was your first job 
My first job was my junior or senior year. I think it was junior year in high school. I started working at our dad's sign franchise that he had recently (laughs) (laughs) started up. And I was kind of like the girl at the front desk answering the phones and, and checking people out. And I also made signs. Nice. It was it was nice to work with family. I think um, it was a Definitely. great like first job for that reason because mm-hmm. it's a little less pressure. I didn't obviously have to like apply for the position. That's honestly one of the worst parts. I, for our, if I had a nickel for all the job applications I'd filled out or resumes I'd updated or yes. cover letters I'd submitted. My God, cover letters are the dumbest thing ever. Yeah, they're them. literally so stupid. <laughs> have we done away with those yet? Have those phased their way out? Let's pray. I'm pretty sure at this point it's done. Oh my God. <laughs> Just hire me. Yeah. My, uh, I, my first job I think was a nanny. So like I didn't really have that situation either. I'm pretty sure it was like I kind of just got the job. There was no like paperwork to really fill out, mm-hmm. um, which was great, obviously. Yeah. I feel like you have so many more like responsibilities, obviously, when it's like a very personal job like that where you're working for family or like a family that you might know. Yeah. Um, you get a they... little bit more trust, I think. So you, you kind of get more opportunities right off the bat. Yeah. Without having to kind of prove maybe yourself as much in like another company. Totally. And like your eyes ideas are obviously more listened to and and not maybe dismissed yeah a little more valued all mm-hmm. already which is yeah. great so yeah it was a great first experience what other like kind of jobs did you have in high school I really was just a nanny and then in college my first job was um, working at like a shoe retailer it was honestly just a job it wasn't <laughs> super engaging I had like one customer that would always come and like ask me to pick out shoes for him um he would just like want to see what I liked and that was really weird that's like the only thing I really remember from it quite honestly creeper status for sure yeah definitely a little creepy now (laughs) looking back on it I'm like this 18 year old girl um but um after that I fell into working at the gap in Boys Town actually that's where I met one of my best friends Peter he would work in the kids department over in baby gap and i was in the body section so we'd literally be across the store but we were on walkie talkies and we would literally just have a ball um, and it was a great place to work like this team was super fun uh, i loved doing like the window displays and getting to do some of the merchandising so that was really exciting and like i had my own department to myself so it felt very much like my own and yeah. i think i was very proud of of the work i did over there like my section always looked amazing i was always like closed and ready to go first um so i think it was really kind of gave me a, a sense of confidence and i really did feel valued there which was nice that's huge yeah yeah it was, it was a good time the first job where i kind of like felt like it was a very rewarding position was my first work study job when i was in college i was like a youth mentor at a local elementary school and we had like after school programs basically and we would teach kids science and, and math and all those kind of things. Um, and it was fun to like interact with, you know, kids that are in such a different generation and just definitely being exposed <laughs> to the youngins. <laughs> yeah, totally. But it also wasn't really fully my speed. I'm not really I don't have that teacher bone that runs in our family. Yeah. So it takes a lot of patience to deal with the youth. It was hard. Yeah. <laughs> it was like I was going from a full day of class and then having to deal with like 20 little kids. And, and kids like, are just dirty. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> mm. Definitely was sick a lot during that period. Yeah. <laughs> I think my favorite thing about my time at The Gap too was my commute was amazingly short. I literally lived like down the street so I could like go home on my lunch break and still come back and, and kind of get there with like n- minimal effort, mm-hmm. which was 
probably the best commute I've ever had at a job. Now I think about it. Oh, God. And the commute is so key. Like, <laughs> oh to get gosh, to that yeah. last job, like, I was taking the bus. I had to go all the way across town. Mm-hmm. I was, like, hustling after class. So it was, like, just not a great experience. And that actually was the main reason why I switched work-study jobs and, and found a job at the Northwestern Women's Center was because it was right on campus. I could literally, like, walk out of class and be there. Um, and it was probably like the best choice I could have made. I've worked there for the rest of my time at Northwestern and I met like so many well-accomplished women and, um, you know, they have like really cool programs and stuff that help not just women, but all kind of staff, faculty, students, um, learn tips that can, they can take throughout their experiences and throughout different workplaces and stuff like that. Like how to, you know, negotiate better salaries and stuff like that. Definitely um, things that prepare you for actual life lessons. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Like it was all about like personal advancement, which I think mm-hmm. is really important um, to get out of a job. And they also had like therapy services and stuff like that. And it was like the first time I had ever really even like thought about mental, my mental health. Yeah. <laughs> quite no. frankly, like that wasn't like something I ever focused hey, on. Hey, reminder, check in with yourself. Yeah. So it was great <laughs> to have my job care about those things and, and highlight and, and champion have resources. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I mean, even the idea of just women helping women is super empowering and exciting. Absolutely. Yeah, that's definitely like something that has shaped me for the rest of my life and is now like causes that I champion and care about and prioritize. So all in all, best ex- job experience I probably have. <laughs> <laughs> my first sort of like career experience that was a little less jobby was working at the Art Institute of Chicago. I worked in the gift shop there for a little while and I loved it. Oh my gosh. I loved walking into the museum every day. I loved taking the L through the city with all the hustle and bustle in the mornings and at like rush hour times and kind of just being a part of Chicago. That really felt really, really important to me. I felt like I was doing something exciting and big like every day just going to work even I feel like you get like sucked into that like all this these beautiful buildings and like literally Grant Park is right across the way I would eat lunch in Millennium Park by the fountains and just get to see it in like every different season which was something that I recommend any Chicagoan like take in because it's amazing for sure um I loved it um but I mean it obviously that job was still kind of more customer service related but it also kind of started to dip into kind of sales as well like we had to keep track of our, our numbers and and kind of drive them which I wasn't a huge fan of it kind of stressed <laughs> me out um I really liked the aspect of being behind the jewelry counter though and like selling luxury goods like there's such beautiful pieces in those gift shops those are like one of the best things to look at I feel like is the jewelry in there so that like definitely sparked my love of jewelry all over again I was like yes this is fantastic (laughs) Um, I always kind of wanted to go to school at the art institute and I think if I had I definitely would have probably pursued my love of jewelry um for sure but working there I think I saw a lot of different artists and different people that had interests that were similar to mine and that was really exciting so getting to like walk in the galleries when the lights are low and like being the only person in there is definitely a magical experience. I I thought that maybe this might not be my career, but I was like museums. I was like this atmosphere, this art every day, these people like that was I was like, OK, I'm on to something at least. Mm-hmm. And that was really exciting. Yeah, that's a rare thing to experience, I think, you know, like I would say that the first job that was definitely like an inkling of a career that could be 
for me was when I was a research assistant for one of my professors in college. And I was doing research for Aventura, which was an archaeological site in Belize that I actually ended up doing a couple field seasons at. And I mean, that one opportunity led to just so many other opportunities for me. I had my own research grant where I was doing my own original research, um, which was just so cool in and of itself. Yeah, that's amazing. That's something huge. (laughs) It's something that you can just feel so proud of, you know, because Mm -hmm. you can take such ownership over something like that. And, you know, working like as a field supervisor on those kind of digs is just so cool because you're working with local people it's not a nine to five experience. You know, you're not sitting in front of a, a screen and, uh, you know, in this office setting, which was definitely what I always envisioned for myself. I always thought I would be in a more like unconventional job. Definitely. And always wanted that too. Never wanted to kind of fit into that mold. Exactly. So. Yeah. Being able to like be outside all day long mm-hmm. and be, you know, walking in the fields and doing something so physical was very, very rewarding and like, that's a huge draw yeah the best (laughs) part of that Mm -hmm. Uh, i slightly still have regrets for sure of not like truly pursuing my archaeological passions but i also just didn't want to go through the academic hoops that you have to do to to really be successful in that and yeah so that dream had to die (laughs) hey life's not over you could still do it very true and that's the (laughs) one thing with archaeology is like There's other ways for you to participate without having to, like, dedicate your whole life to it. Mm -hmm. Um, So other ways to... The other opportunity that Belize brought us was that it it took our family there on a vacation to visit you. And that was one of the best vacations we've ever been on. Very true. Belize was stunningly beautiful. Ah, I loved it. So I'm really glad you did that. (laughs) Best (laughs) job. If your job can take you to Belize, you're doing something right. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Uh, I think one of the things I really loved about the art museum too is that it had just a really global presence. Like it's a world-renowned museum. You get tourists from all over the world speaking all these different languages and and just wanting to take a piece of the museum home with them. So it was really exciting to kind of get to pick something with someone that they may keep forever or they're going to gift to someone and like they'll look at it and it will remind them of their time there. It kind of made it feel a little more special. That's very special. Um, I really loved that part about it. I think from there, where did I work after that? There, From there, I actually went to a good old-fashioned desk job, 9 to 5. <laughs> speaking of. Yeah, speaking of. Yeah, I found my way into doing fulfillment at a promotional products company. My sister worked there and kind of got my foot in the door. I, As much as I loved the museum, it was extremely hard to move up there. There was just no way to get, get ahead. I mean, there's just people that wait and are trying to fill those positions and they really don't seem to hire from within a lot of the time it seems like Mm. so I just couldn't make ends meet on such a small salary I mean basically making like minimum wage like as as fun as that job is that's really not going to pay the bills (laughs) I'm also like I went to college so I can't keep doing that forever that just won't make sense student loans hello Um, so from there I, I had to kind of make a choice between my passions and just like a paycheck like I needed to make money which is I think something that a lot of people can relate to um I definitely didn't really think about what my degree would award me after college um and like the lifestyle I wanted to live like I went to college like an art school for writing you know so I I didn't really have a lot of intentions to do that 
by the time I was graduating, I was like, I'm pretty sure I'm not going to be a, a writer right now. Yeah. Um, I already kind of knew that. I mean, I wanted to use those skills still and definitely be creative. So I was hoping I would find something that could somehow translate. But I, I've i liked customer service, too, and I'm just good at it. It's, like, naturally easy to help people for me because I like to help people. Totally. So, yeah, I found myself doing fulfillment for about two years um, at a company before I decided that I wanted to move away and leave Chicago behind. So <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I really wish they would focus more on, like, what kind of life do you envision you're going to have rather than, like, what's your dream job yeah you know when you're little because it's like what do you want to do when you grow up it sounds great in theory and like yeah. that it sounds like a good thing that you're trying to tell a kid that anything you can be anything if you're you really want. really nourishing those passions then yes because you have to kind of find what drives you and you makes you want to get out of bed in the morning for sure yeah like i get that but at the same time it's like can you make a living doing that yeah <laughs> how will you <laughs> let's be practical also like had my counselor or I mean, even my parents or even a friend suggested that I go into jewelry like and given me that confidence. I 100% would have taken that leap and fallen right into it and been in love. Yeah. Um, but I was afraid and I was a nervous artist and didn't really know how to push myself or really believe in myself in that way yet. And I think I did that all four years in high school. That should have been an indicator enough that like I was passionate about this topic. Yeah. But instead I was like, I'll do writing because I love to write too. And that was great. But it's like now I see some of my peers that were in my classes going for jewelry and they're making such beautiful pieces. It's stunning. And I'm so happy for them because that is exactly what they should be doing. (laughs) Yeah. It's such a shame when like counselors don't give you the confidence that you need to do something like I I was told by my high school counselors like "Mm, that's that school is too out of reach for you which is like you probably shouldn't apply like you probably won't get in it's like I got into every school I applied to and had I applied Mm. to harder schools like I would have loved to have known what would have happened yeah to have been pushed harder a little bit what just to see (laughs) like just let me try guidance counselors (laughs) I gotta break Mm. me down so soon Mm. <laughs> yeah, that wasn't the time to really crush down. <laughs> yeah, crushing dreams uh, left and right. Yeah. I'm sure there's good ones out there, but man oh man, not yeah. enough. Not enough. <laughs> Very true. Yeah, I was working a lot in college. I was working the women's center, I was working as that research assistant, and then I was also working as a waitress at a restaurant called Flat Top. Oh, yes. <laughs> Best roadie around. They really do. That bread, whatever they do to it. It's so freaking oh. good. But, and that was like a great experience. I think, like you're saying, like everyone could, should kind of work a customer service job just to mm-hmm. learn yeah. how to operate with other people. It will remind you how to treat people. Yes. You will become a better person for it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I made a lot of money during that time because serving obviously is just like straight cash. Um, so that was really great and <laughs> at a great time in my life. Yeah. It was I still want to work a in a restaurant though like yeah it's just something that i think it would be really fun it's just yeah it's like a very good social environment like mm-hmm. i met so many great people there that's i started like my first real relationship with someone from there mm-hmm. so it was definitely the perfect thing at the right time in my life you yeah know, to, like, it's our really older sister met her husband things. too they met working mm-hmm. at a restaurant it's kind of funny. and our parents <laughs> oh yeah oh man jeez louise there's a pattern happening <laughs> Apparently that's i better get a job life. at a restaurant <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man, that's funny. 
I had one of my favorite managers, I think, working in that position then when I was in fulfillment. Um, shout out to Trina. Um, she was just so great and really like supportive and just actually really easy to talk to and communicate with and was very trusting and knew it wasn't micromanaging. I hate when they like stand over your shoulder or try to treat you like you're an idiot and kind of talk down to you. I don't respond well to people being like that at all um (laughs) so true just doesn't work for me um like you treat with respect i'll give you respect back if you kind of throw some stuff at me sideways i'm definitely not gonna sit down and take that um which i feel like when you're younger in the in the job market i feel like you often get people that kind of talk down to you and don't even realize they're doing it so it was really nice to just have a manager that like i actually really loved and as a person as a friend as a co-worker and that definitely kept me in that position longer than um I anticipated because I really had been trying to get out of Chicago for a little while and I think I made that pretty clear to like anyone that would talk to me like I'm not sticking around don't worry (laughs) Um, first chance I get yeah definitely um I think when I got to Seattle I still didn't really know what I wanted to do so I kind of like did some like odd jobs here and there, but then I had the chance to interview for a security position at the Seattle art museum. And I think they offered it to me on the spot and I immediately jumped and was like, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was just so much fun. It was part time. A lot of it. Um, I could almost get like a full amount of work though in the beginning, which was great. Obviously no benefits or anything like that. That comes <laughs> with being a lovely hourly employee. Um, but it was so fun and then all my coworkers were pretty much artists which was extremely inspiring and exciting and the events were all really fun to work at and you got to meet some of the artists and just brush elbows with a lot of really great people and I memorized all the placards and the artists names and the years they created these paintings <laughs> and I really just loved going to work every day again like being right downtown and being part of the city and getting to see all these like people from all over the world, it just really spoke to me. So that was like really exciting again. And of course, I wanted to move up there too. I was like, I want to get a job that's full time, like behind the scenes doing something. But a lot of those people have degrees in museum studies and education and things like that. So it was really hard to kind of get in the door again there behind mm. the scenes. So a lot of those kind of jobs are very much so like who you know. Exactly. Or yeah. it is like you mm. need the kind networking, of like networking, networking, education and stuff like that. And like mm-hmm. no one really teaches you about jobs like that when you're a kid. So you don't no. know what really are the prerequisites that you need. Totally. You know, because it's an unconventional job. So everyone knows how you become a doctor. You go to mm-hmm. school, you go to med school. There, mm-hmm. there you go. <laughs> you yeah. do your rotations. Everything else, it's like, wait, you need a degree for that? <laughs> also, if someone had maybe even mentioned, I didn't really think about all these different career options. No, there's Like, that so wasn't even, like, there. what I would Who consider. Knew? Like, where was that aptitude test telling me, like, museum services? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Into art history, you say? Ooh, oh. <laughs> we've got the career for you. Yeah, like, I wish I, again. I don't even remember if I took an aptitude test. Like really? That oh, God. I think I did, I but God knows what it said. I feel like, <laughs> I can't remember what mine said either. I feel like it said farmer or something. <laughs> I feel like mine said social worker. Like, is that what it was? <laughs> No clue. I'll have to find those. Yeah, dig that up. Do they keep those so those filed away somewhere? <laughs> I really hope so. <laughs> find my old counselor. I bet she's got it. <laughs> she's got her on file. Mm, didn't follow her path like I told her, I see. 
She got pregnant and stopped being a counselor anyway, and I got transferred to someone else. So let's be real. Y'all aren't doing me no good. <laughs> oh, man. But then after realizing that, like, I couldn't make part-time work again, it was just never going to happen. I just had to find something full-time. I was like, all right. So I started working part-time at another place to try to make it be full-time because I had two part-time jobs because that makes sense. Still no benefits, no bennies. Let me just struggle. It's fine. Um, (laughs) And so I worked at a law firm. I was archiving documents, getting to get my law and order on and like read through some sensitive things and then shred them or or file them. Yeah, it was a lot of fun in a sense because I did get to kind of I love forensic stuff and like Ugh, totally yes. love a good cop show and drama like that mm. but also like totally heartbreaking with like letters from people imploring that they are innocent and yeah I can yeah. only imagine the things it's, that uh, must be in those files yeah sure. or like anything that's actually like SVU kind of related is really dark and kind of just like you have to go home with that in your mind and it's like oh how do the people do it yeah yeah so that was interesting definitely not a career but an uh, interesting job definitely and after going from like the art world going to like around the block to my law office job I was just like this is completely night and day yeah very different worlds <laughs> completely night and day. but still in the heart of downtown and like very exciting which mm-hmm. was cool I think after that I did find a full-time job and it was at a candle beeswax candle making company it was really awesome it had a lot of really cool artsy unique people again which was amazing um enjoyed it very greatly it was on my feet all the time too so it was like very active and it also sparked my love of podcasts i was literally crushing through podcasts i would listen to podcasts for like eight hours a day just like burning myself on the hot plate like flattening candles (laughs) um but I decided to move again, so I would probably have stayed there longer had I had the opportunity because it was in kind of an industrial area, too, which was kind of different and fun again. But, yeah. On to the next. On to the next. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You just chunk through. (laughs) Like, when I graduated from college, I was like, so what now? (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) For a while, I thought that I was going to go to grad school and continue on my archaeological path, but Mm -hmm. I needed a job until I could get in somewhere and whatnot so i ended up just working at the promotional products company that our sister nicole worked at At, by that time emily was already long gone (laughs) so that position was free again and and they knew she could do it yeah went in and was fulfillment coordinator like all of Mm -hmm. us were and um, (laughs) the start out position (laughs) yeah base level position but honestly that is like the perfect like position to get to know a company because you kind of find all the ins and outs you kind of interact with everyone in that absolutely company. all the different sales teams and whatnot you get to see the inner workings of how the orders actually get to the people yes so you so, like understand the process a lot yes better. which a lot of other people just seem to not quite Goes grasp right over your head <laughs> <laughs> so it was definitely a blessing and and it, i learned a lot in that position trina like she said was amazing yeah and um just so many great people like work at that company so i stuck around for quite some time i was there for two years in that position And I was still kind of thinking that I was going to do something else, but didn't know what. At that point, I had kind of decided I didn't want to go back to school. Um, And so someone in the company kind of noticed me and approached me and said, hey, we have this new position that we're creating and we think you'd be a great fit for it. 
and they told me more about it and i was like yeah i could do this so glad you got <laughs> noticed you know so yeah now i I've don't know why no one noticed me in my current position for like three years and i'm a web project manager so it's weird that like that's where I ended up because I never envisioned that this would be the job that I have, but... Yeah, it's a twisted web sometimes you yeah, get, to, yeah, get to where you are. For sure. <laughs> but it also still, like, applies a lot of the skills that I've learned in other jobs and careers and stuff like that. And, like, my anthro background oddly does come in handy. Yeah, I can and, see And, um, you know, it's, it's a fun, fast-paced kind of job, so I like it. Yeah. Pays the bills. Pays the bills. <laughs> Well, I still had some bouncing around to do, friends. Um, so from there, I wound up in San Francisco. I've always loved that city. It was a dream of mine to live there and work there. And I lived in Pacifica for a little bit and commuted into the city, taking the BART and driving in and working just like right downtown, which was amazing. Um, I really think it was... A special experience because it really was my first taste of a career. I really, I fell in with an ethical jewelry company there and I loved the idea of jewelry that made a difference and really cared about the sustainability of things yes. and and giving that to a customer that also cared about that. That felt really important and, and special and being a part of people's like engagement and proposal plans was really exciting and kind of fun. Yeah. And um, you know, you're a part of their love story. Um, <laughs> love that. Yeah, selling it. Hey. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just love it's diamonds and gems. It's also such a hard job, I feel like, though, because you got to be, like, real cheery and excited and happy for you and all about Some love. people don't love that either, though. See? you got to mm. market it. There's a there's a person for everybody, and, and some people like it. Just, like, give it to them straight and not be over the top. Mm, also, okay. you're dealing with a lot of men, so, like... True. It, it's less You don't want to be too, too <laughs> cheery, you know? Let's yeah. calm it down. Um... <laughs> thank god you're off the mark <laughs> yeah <laughs> there were definitely some girls that definitely worked that angle i'm not about to fawn over you <laughs> yeah seriously i am the straight shooter <laughs> um but i think when i started working there what was so great about them also was that they really seemed to care about their employees the benefits were really nice um they also took a lot of time training you i invested a lot of time and a lot of knowledge into the process and i think that just spoke volumes it was like okay this is somewhere that actually intends for you to stick around and that's why they're spending so much time teaching you how to do this invest in your employees like Mm -hmm. that really shows a lot i think and it's like we were talking about before it's like personal development you know is something so valuable because that's a skill that you can enhance in any position that you have after that you yeah. know so i wish yeah. more companies focused on it but <laughs> teach them i mean if i could go back to school for the rest of my life and get paid to go to school i would so yeah. if you want to teach me something like i'll stick around yeah well that's why uh, i always love when around. like some companies will pay for you to like get you know go Definitely. to school and get a yeah. certification in the art something. institute almost got me with that because it's like if you stick around for so long if you're there for that amount of time then you can get this many credits and i was like i could go back to school forever <laughs> <laughs> but one of the girls i that was working there like legitimately did get her degree by like doing that by that's putting in her time in the gift shop and getting yeah that's yeah the, letting the system work for you yeah it's working for the system. definitely goals yeah 
So after I worked there, I actually was really fortunate because I was able to transfer with that same company back to the Chicago location, which that was stunning. Um, I mean, shout out to Oak Street. It's beautiful. I got to sit at the beach every day on my lunch break, which was fantastic. And you're just in like a very bougie part of the city, like the Gold Coast and like Michigan Ave. So that was really exciting to be kind of part of this hustle and bustle that was very like upscale and fancy (laughs) fancy living (laughs) um i definitely enjoyed that every day like getting dressed up for work like i miss getting dressed up for work that was so fun i'm gonna start doing it just for fun like wearing heels in the office much longer oh i know yeah (laughs) it's not good for the soul i miss my fancy clothes yeah yeah and i had another great manager there um Shout out to Mary Pat. She was fantastic. She took such good care of her employees and really cared about us as people. And mm-hmm. it felt really nice. Yeah. <laughs> felt really, really nice. Um, but, you know, all my friends in 2019 decided to get married and have their bachelorette parties. And then my best <laughs> friend lived in Spain. And I took too much time off. And even after glowing, like, reviews and everything, it just wasn't... Uh, make it work. Yeah, I couldn't make it work. They basically were like made me choose between going to my sister's wedding or <laughs> the job and it's like I'm going to choose my life and my family. Yeah, not anytime. Really an option? No, it's not really an ultimatum <laughs> actually friends. Um it was super heartbreaking to have to leave there though and I definitely could have stayed there um for a really long amount of time and and, and that's saying a lot because they literally you worked weekends a lot of the times and you had blackout dates for like yeah half of like the holiday seasons or most of it pretty much so it's like i sacrificed quite a bit still i still (laughs) sacrificed quite a bit yeah Mm. so it was just kind of funny that even after that it was like okay no um so i did some more bouncing around back to bouncing around i miss being proud of like where you work though being able to tell people like you where you work and being excited about it is something that's like i would do not take that for granted friends yeah (laughs) Because that was the first time where I would like gladly, I had, I kept my business card on me and I would give it to people. Like, I loved that. Um, so then I went to a tech company, which was like totally again, night and day, like going, coming from customer service. Um, yeah, it was just a really different vibe. People were a lot colder and like more aloof. And like, I was just used to being like really smiley and bubbly and like personable. And like, I would say hi to people and they'd like look at the ground. <laughs> so it was just hard to adjust, I think, coming from a different atmosphere like that. Yeah, I feel like but... that's a big like small company versus big company oh, kind of definitely. thing too. Like, here's an office of 10 where you know every face. Yeah. And then an office of 300 where you know like 10 people. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. (laughs) So I didn't last long there. It was HR and I really, really loved that about it. But I was also hired through a temp agency and it was very hard to tell if these people liked me at all. I I really couldn't get any kind of inkling if they were going to keep me on. My job just like constantly felt like it was in peril, in limbo. And like these people... (laughs) Terrible feeling. Yeah, terrible (laughs) feeling. Terrible feeling. And like not really having like solid benefits or anything like that. And being hourly, it's just like all these things that are just like stressful to an employee, quite mm. frankly. Like I loved helping people. I loved the event planning. I loved getting to pick the like snacks and the treats and the catering. Loved all those things. And I loved the roof deck on the fifth floor. Stunning. Yeah. Got very tan that summer on the roof deck. 
However, November rolled around and I was like, moving on. <laughs> um, I found another jewelry company, luckily, that I was like super excited about. It was in Jewelers Row right downtown, which I was super stoked about and excited. Um, another beautiful area. Yeah, beautiful. And I mean, the, the Mallers building that I was in is, uh, is like a historic building with like old elevators and literally all of the jewelers in there. There's so many. It's insane how many are in there engravers pearl specialists diamonds gems everything crazy so that was really cool to be around so many makers and craftsmen and to really see the production side of it um they actually were manufacturers for the other jewelry company that i had been working for so i already had known of the company and kind of how they worked a little bit too so that was really cool to kind of see the rings literally be getting made yeah. and they'd be getting shipped to the other jewelry company I worked for, which is mm-hmm. ironic. Um, but I was originally hired in kind of like a marketing communications kind of assistant role um, that was kind of doing some like front desk stuff. And then they also, they learned that I had some sales experience from the other jewelry company I was at. And then they immediately kind of switched me to try to gear me more towards sales. But at the other jewelry company I'd worked at, I had actually changed over to being the showroom coordinator and I love that position so much more. I had like excelled at that position because I love organizing things. I love kind of being in control of my own zone. I love helping other people too. So like I was really like the liaison with my all of the other salespeople that were in my office mm-hmm. um, and in charge of kind of putting everything on appointment and making sure everything was organized. The calendar was set right. Like all these kind of like operational things that kept me busy as all hell. Like my days were, I was hard for me to get out of the office because I just wanted to keep doing things, but I loved it. That switch of them trying to force me back into a kind of more of a sales role was just like, oh, rats, because I was really hoping to get more of a marketing vibe from this. (laughs) Like that's what the post was about. That's what I applied for. And then it kind of quickly became like, you should just do sales. And so as much as I was like, all right, I'm going to try this. I'm going to give it my all because I do want to stay involved with this. I love the industry. Mm -hmm. And they also had, like, offered to, like, there was the opportunity to possibly take GIA classes. Like, I still want to be GIA certified and I know my diamonds and gems like that. So that was a huge, like, oh, maybe I can make this work. And then the pandemic hit. And everything changed. (laughs) Literally, I was on a commission-based salary that was literally my my base pay was already decreasing. And my commissions were supposed to start going up. But people were no longer coming in. And that was really not looking like much of an option. (laughs) People were like, hmm, should I buy this engagement ring right now? The world is literally falling apart. Yeah. You know? Mm -hmm. Like, no one's spending money on big purchases like that. Like, at least not everybody. Um, Not as many people. So, very quickly, it became very scary. I was like, oh, no, what am I going to do? And lo and behold, that old premiums promotions company. She kept calling. Yeah, she kept calling. <laughs> they wanted the trifecta back in house. So, you know, couldn't couldn't disrupt that dream. Um, honestly, the opportunity to work with family again, too, was like such a blessing. Like, I, I love my sisters. That's what I moved back to Chicago for. Otherwise, yeah, I, I wouldn't have come back here. <laughs> I love you, Chicago. I know it sounds like I don't, but I do. But uh, I doesn't love the weather. Yeah, the weather's harsh. <laughs> Six months and you're just like, Oof, this winter. Uh, and Anyway, I digress. But yeah, so things changed. I was uh, back to a new career path, 
or job, whatever you want to call it. Yet to be determined. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> you know, that's, a good, that's exactly right. I'm actually doing um, billing now. So I, I do some like accounting work, which I wouldn't say I'm necessarily a math person, but it's kind of just a putting a puzzle together and, and yeah. it's very basic. Let's be real. I'm not like a high level accountant. <laughs> let's be real. That's accurate. It's called spade a spade. <laughs> Um, but I've found a way to kind of make it my own and, and kind of make my, my niche there. So it's been a journey and I'm still on it and (laughs) I have some really big dreams for the future that I hope come true. Yeah. I think that's the exciting part about jobs and careers and all these things is like, it's never really over. You never really know like what's around the corner. There's let's be real. We're never going to (laughs) retire. Honestly, (laughs) I didn't want to say it, but yeah, no. Mm-mm. These student loans will hold on to me till I die. Yeah, so, I got you now. I mean, but I think, like, it's still exciting. Like, I still am of the mindset that one day I'm going to join the Peace Corps and, <laughs> you know, do the whole Peace Corps thing when I'm, like, 16. We did talk about doing that. If we weren't moving to St. Louis, that was, like, our plan before. Yeah, I'd be doing it sooner if yeah. I could. But mm-hmm. now I just kind of have that as, like, you know, that's my later-in-life plan. And I don't think there's anything wrong with, like, delaying some plans and and none of it has been like a mistake in my opinion because like you said this before too where like it all led you to something like there's a reason why i didn't go to school for jewelry and that's fine yeah you know and and 100 yeah there's like a reason and i i get that and Mm. i am letting the universe take me on this journey yeah okay i'm letting it happen (laughs) she's whipping us around but we're here yeah she's a wild ride she's a bucket bronco (laughs) but baby are we in it (laughs) feels good to be alive um but i guess the average person or american has about 12 jobs in their life 12 jobs so like i'm right on track yeah i feel like you are apparently that's in like 32 years though like your whole life (laughs) your whole job career and i've probably done that in the last 15 years yeah that seems fair that does seem fair (laughs) i think so too you know i mean they say like millennials switch more and are more prone to like job hopping in a sense, mm-hmm. but I feel like it's just because you're not as complacent with the situation that you're in. You're more apt to try something new and take a risk, and and I think that's kind of brave and exciting. Also, yeah, you make, at least you can say that you tried and you weren't afraid to to go out on a limb. Yeah, I think there's a lot to be said too about like the changing workforce and stuff like that Mm -hmm. and how millennials are perceived in the workforce now because millennials are kind of referring to anyone born between 1981 to like 1996 um it's estimated that there's like 73 million millennials in america right now which is a lot of millennials millennials. (laughs) and we're the largest segment in the workforce right now it's in the next two years we'll be like 50 percent of the u.s workforce So Mm. I think that it's just interesting because I think we have a connotation of being like the least engaged and, Mm -hmm. (laughs) and not, and always like putting up a fight and we stay, we're living with our parents and all Mm -hmm. these things, which are all true things, (laughs) (laughs) but it's also like circumstantial, right? Like we live with our parents because we have all these student loans because more people were going to college than ever before, Yeah, you know? And you know, we are the least engaged, I think, because we kind of know our worth now. And we mm-hmm. know that companies are prioritizing the bottom line over 
their employees a lot of the time. Yeah. And we're not really willing to take that. Yeah, anymore. no. Don't treat me like I'm disposable. Yeah, it's not, not really what this is about. <laughs> yeah, I read it something that said that Millennials will change jobs an average of four times in the first decade out of college compared mm. to about like two job changes for Gen Xers at the, out of their first like 10 years out of college. But like that also is not that surprising, I feel like, to change jobs kind of rapidly after leaving college. Yeah. Like there's a lot of change happening in general in your life and, and totally. kind of you're figuring out the world. So like that's not really alarming. Yeah. I feel like there's so many more types of jobs now just because of the tech industry and all these these booming things that are happening. You know, 10, 20 years ago, there for sure was no such thing as an influencer. Yeah. And now there is. And with the pandemic now, it's causing people to kind of shift mindsets and, mm-hmm. and look towards different opportunities. Yeah. And it's a, like there's studies that show that 60% of millennials are open to a different opportunity at any given time. So yeah, it's like that's real. I'm keeping my options open, you know? Yeah. Like why close a door? You know, it's not like you're totally. when you were growing up as a boomer and it's like this is going to be my career and mm-hmm. I'm going to be a lifer salesman. Well, the know? internet just makes it so much easier to find new opportunities too, I feel like, you know, like it wasn't like you had to pick up the classifieds and like hunt something down, hunt down a lead. Now you like literally can hop on like a million different apps and just like shoot your resume out like really quickly. So I feel like you have the opportunity to kind of strike faster maybe too. Totally. You know? Mm-hmm. I feel like companies are trying to like work towards more things in particular for millennials because there's really high turnover with our kind of age group. It's estimated that the U.S. economy loses $30.5 billion annually. Billion? (laughs) Due to millennial turnover, which is just crazy to me. Like, that's a lot of money. But I also do understand that, like, it takes a lot to invest in one employee. You know, that's a lot of training. It's a lot of hours. It's a lot more hours when that person decides to leave after and like a two week. weeks notice. And yeah. Like, Deuces. I love the people that don't even give two, two weeks yeah, notice or they didn't even last two weeks. Like there are people that literally just like show up for three days. They're like, no, never come <laughs> back. Never come back. <laughs> so yeah, no. Yeah. So like it definitely costs a lot of money to invest in those things. So I think mm-hmm. companies are recognizing that and they're kind of trying to figure out what is important to millennials in the workforce. And most millennials actually think that they're more engaged when they have regular meetings with their manager. But Mm. at the same time, only 21% of millennials actually meet with their manager on a weekly basis, which I think is so interesting. That is interesting. We are losing that kind of person-to-person contact that I think used to Mm -hmm. be a big part of going to work, especially now with working from home. I think it makes it even harder for a lot of people to get that kind of connection. But... Certainly something that was stressed. Yeah, I feel like it's been a struggle at, at times to remain engaged when you feel like you don't matter or that like you're not learning anything new or there's no new skills to be learned. It's like, how am I supposed to remain engaged if the content is literally me just like staring at a screen and pushing buttons all day? Yeah. Like, how am I supposed to like find something worthwhile in that? <laughs> 100%. So I'm not surprised that like a lot of people say they're not engaged. Like, it's bizarre. Yeah. I think the other hard thing about a millennial being a millennial in the workforce is that we 
work really hard. Seventy three percent report working more than forty hours a week, mm. and nearly a quarter That's work gross. more than fifty hours a week. No, and over thirty three percent of millennials in the U.S. expect to retire between the ages of like sixty five and sixty nine, which is pretty normal. Um, and I hope I got sound so old. <laughs> I know, but literally twelve oh, percent say that they expect to work until they die. I was like, um, that's <laughs> where the, don't let me be. That, that is the way the world is trending, though. Like that is, but Jesus Christ, I don't want to be working until I die. Yeah, well, that sounds rough. I mean, like an optional job. Like our dad is like technically retired, mm-hmm. you know, but yeah, he still true. has a job to basically keep busy. And I get that. I mm-hmm. need your mind needs like stimulation. You need the routine, but to like be forcibly working until. I die because I can't not. That's too much. Well, like if current trends continue right now, some experts are already estimating that the number of poor or near poor retirees will nearly triple to 25 million by 2050. So we will all just be a bunch of old, poor, decrepit people with no one to take (laughs) care of us. Like what will happen? I don't even know. The future is scary. (laughs) The future is sometimes very bleak. When I hear these numbers, I'm like, holy moly. And, like, that's related to the minimum wage discussions. Like, when I read that fact, I was like, oh, wow, like, that's pretty dark and insane. And, like, yeah, yeah, just wild. What do you think are some of the, like, top priorities when you're looking for a new job? For me, the company culture is huge. Mm -hmm. I Like, as you said, you're going to spend a ton of time with these people. And I want to be able to hold my place of work accountable for sustainability efforts. I want to be able to look to them to be a leader in social justice and human rights. Like I want them to stand up for what I believe in. And I know that's a lot to ask. I mean, everyone wants to work for a B Corp, you know, like that really cares. I mean, we really cross that that threshold though now. Like Mm -hmm. companies have personhood, you know, like there's plenty of companies doing terrible things in the name of business, you know, and it's Hobby Lobby saying that they don't want to give people birth control because yeah. it's against their religious beliefs. Mm-hmm. And it's like, if we're going to allow things like that to happen, then you need the other side of the coin to be, mm-hmm. you know, the moral justice as well. So mm-hmm. um, I certainly, you know, look for more companies that care about the causes I care about. Definitely. And I feel like you can see it's very evident now with like social media kind of where they stand on certain things. Yeah. There's no (laughs) hiding these things. It's like, do you post about that? Do you ever say anything about this? Mm -hmm. Um, And I think it's just really, you can't, you can't afford to sit there and be quiet in my opinion. Yeah. It's silly. I think I also definitely look for some sort of indication of, a commitment to like actually moving people up mm-hmm. um, and like hiring from within. I think that's when people say they do that, it's great. I want to see it because um, I've been in a lot of situations where it's like they bring in someone else from outside and it's like you could have just promoted this person. You could have inspired this person to want to stay with the company. Mm-hmm. And I've seen a lot of people that are that love their jobs leave their jobs because they're not There's advancing. Nowhere There's yeah. nowhere to go. And like that has been the number one thing that has prevented me from staying at at multiple jobs as well because I literally was given no indication that there was anywhere to go from there Mm -hmm. and that is heartbreaking yeah studies have shown that kind of the top priorities for most young people in the workforce are number one 
money mm, money money <laughs> everyone wants to make money <laughs> number two is like security so kind of having that like longevity and being able to grow in that position mm-hmm. um three was holidays and time off big that was the reason big. why you left a couple jobs yes <laughs> you need to give me proper time <laughs> four was great people mm. obviously kind of company culture like we've been talking about and then five was flexible working yeah and i think that is becoming more important now than ever like mm-hmm. literally straight up like what is it 94 percent of people are yeah. like yeah i don't ever expect Intent to go going. back to the office 24 <laughs> 7 i don't wanna don't yeah. make me once you've seen the other side it's hard to go back mm-hmm. <laughs> that's very real it's very real and at least having the flexibility like even if it's not like an, a policy where it's all the time but if it's a, just immediate no what yeah <laughs> can't you at least pretend to like entertain the notion <laughs> right um, so ironically most people are happy with their jobs i read a study that said 85 percent of americans are happy with their jobs which i was kind of surprised by that number Seems like a very high number i think that number is probably wrong but i don't know <laughs> who did this study yeah right <laughs> uh, it was a survey monkey online poll mm. and it, it, it was only like nine thousand people so like i don't think that's a huge like sampling. pool yeah, yeah of sampling um especially like who knows how they distributed this yeah. but i think that a lot of people that were happy with their jobs it really was a factor of feeling like they were paid adequately adequately money obviously was a huge factor mm-hmm. and also like meaningfulness was another huge factor yeah so a lot of these people said that they felt like they were like properly recognized and that they had like a purpose there that felt bigger than themselves which mm-hmm. like that absolutely contributes to happiness so for sure but one of the biggest things that dragged the score down was opportunities for advancement. Yeah. So it's like you got to give these people somewhere to go with their with their passions, with their drive, with their like day to day. Like they need to have a goal or a benchmark that's above that to like strive for. Yeah. Um, which I thought was a bummer. <laughs> yeah. Seems um, like one of the easiest things to fix, you know, mm-hmm. in my mind, because it's like, yes, how are you not? planning for growth you plan for growth and scalability and mm-hmm. like every other aspect of your bill of your business Definitely. but you're not planning for that with your employees which just yeah. seems crazy and like i feel like so many times you can see where someone is gifted and talented mm-hmm. and to be able to foster or nurture that in any sort of way or to be like what do you want to do? Where do you see yourself going? Maybe not giving them the track or the goal necessarily, but having them give it to you. Like, this is what I want out of this. Yeah. Because I feel like I don't think anyone really um, asks that of you now. Like, I I have one-on-ones with my manager because I set them up and I thought it would be a good idea. Yeah. And like, we often talk about like how things are going with my personal life or things like that too. But we don't really often talk about like what I really see this becoming for me. And like I, I guess I can steer the conversation in that direction mm. more as well. But I think it's a conversation you just start like forcing yourself to have if you do intend on staying with that company. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. you have yeah. to really be your own advocate. I think always, and always. It's unfortunate that you have to have such agency a lot of times um, in order to get things done. But it's also. I think something that's really rewarding because it's like, I made this happen for myself. Mm-hmm, from, you know? I did this. And I, I built this. I, yeah. you know, am con- in control of my own destiny. Yeah, nothing better than that feeling. Mm-hmm. So while a lot of people may say that they're happy with their jobs, two in five Americans don't see the value in their college degree, mm. which is 
pretty insane. Um, I'm personally... I don't see any value. That's so sad. <laughs> I personally think there's some value in my degree. However, I am not using my degree as much as I'd like to be. And I yeah. definitely think it was... The price tag was way higher than the... I think the value is, is skewed. Oh, that is for sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. That's a whole nother conversation, but... Reality. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm cer- by no means using my college degrees at all right now. But mm-hmm. uh, I certainly think that it was still valuable and I don't regret going to school for what I went to school for. Oh, I I do. <laughs> yeah, I, I know you do. <laughs> I do, 100%. I regret going to school in general when I did. I think if I had taken the time to really, like, explore the workforce and, like, to get out there and have to be, like, working, like, a 9 to 5 or, like, a full-time schedule and, like, to see how slowly money actually accumulates. Yeah. <laughs> I think I would have been like, holy crap, like, I can't this afford this. Work. <laughs> I'll never be able to afford this. I will never pay off my student loans is pretty much how I feel now. Yeah. Um, so I think that is pretty scary. I think it, the fact that 53.2 million Americans aren't sure their degree was worth the money yeah. is a large number. That's huge. And it's insane. And thirty, about almost 30% of them are unable to find a job within their field of study. So like, yeah. that's huge. I mean, there's no way that degrees are worth the money that you pay no. to have them, especially like private schools and stuff like that. I went to a private university yeah, I don't regret my choice. Again, like it was a great experience. I had amazing professors. I had amazing access to I did things. Too. It's true. But it's not worth, you know, $65,000 a year to yeah. go to a school. And I wish I did network more because that would have been the more valuable part was to really to meet all these Yeah, these and like students. at that point in your life, that's not what faculty. you're focusing on. No. You know, like it's college. Let's be mm-hmm. real. Everyone is having a college experience. Yeah. And you're not prioritizing your career that you're going to have someday yeah, in that very moment and instant. Um, and I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Like that's a, also a very valuable experience that you should be having and is just as valid as all the academic things that you're learning in that time. It's definitely true. I thought it was also interesting that men tend to find their degrees were worth it more than women do. I don't know why exactly that was. We'll have to explore that like in a later also, episode. But yeah, I feel like that's also like men having an easier time, like, getting jobs in the workforce in, in, in general, general patriarchy yeah and getting higher paying jobs out the gate just yeah that's the man. other factor is that the salary people that are higher income earners obviously value their education more and say it was worth it people that aren't making as much money don't think it was worth it right simple and plain yeah. like that's a very easily correlated in your mind like that's not a confusing <laughs> statistic right mm-hmm. <laughs> oh man i guess at the end of the day like i just wish that i had realized that a degree is not a golden ticket to a good job, you mm-hmm. know, because like I really thought like naturally I'll be making so much money. By the time I was 30, I thought I'd be I don't even know what I thought I'd be making. I'm not even going to make up a fake number, <laughs> but I definitely thought I'd be in a different place than well, I, I was it, just by law. Yeah, it was. I feel like it used to kind of be treated as like you check the box and therefore you have access to mm-hmm. this. It opens you know? the doors opens to all the door this. to everything mm-hmm. else and like. Back in the day, that is very much so how that kind of functioned. Like, way less people were getting college educations, and therefore, when they entered the job market, they had a leg up. Mm -hmm. But now, so many people are getting educated, which is great, but now it's a saturated market. You know, it's like you're up against so many other applicants that have just as valuable an education and degree as you do. Well, it's actually kind of interesting because when I I read a statistic that said that was based off of the recent census that said that there's actually only about 36 percent of Americans 
that have a bachelor's or higher right now, mm, which is like, low. that seemed really low. Yeah. And it's, it's weird because, I mean, foreign born, uh, the population, obviously, they have a higher percentage, of course, mm-hmm. of having a degree, which is so funny because you always hear these people, I'm not going to name names, that like to point fingers at immigrants for being like freeloaders or something and it's like these people actually have more degrees than we do these are like the educated people and the doctors that are saving your life right now that's the funny part yeah (laughs) it's just like very funny that that's the the argument sometimes from idiots uh (laughs) but it's just crazy how covid has totally changed our world i don't think anyone anticipated what came from coronavirus i don't think i would have known that i'd be working full-time from home now yeah um, I thought I'd be over by the summer. Last summer. <laughs> wow, so jaded. Yeah, but like there's just so many struggles that come with that. I mean, obviously working from home and if you have children, you're mm, having God. to find some sort of childcare. Also yep. dealing with having kids going to school at home is a whole struggle in and of itself. Um, and I think you'd really struggle with like collaboration and communication because yeah. you're having to use different technologies now to accomplish something that you could have just walked over to someone and done before. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of the biggest struggle, I think, with working from home. Um, 20% of people cited loneliness as one of the the biggest problems with working from home. And I was like, oh, break my heart. (laughs) But I totally get that because, I mean, work was a social place for me. Absolutely. You know, like I would have moments in my day where I was just taking a break and talking to friends at work. And now it's like, am I going to call you just to shoot the breeze? Probably not. Yeah, no. (laughs) Yeah, if we didn't have like a standing Zoom creative date on Sundays with like some of our friends, I don't know if I would see many people from work at all. Even when I talk with my managers, it's like no camera. It's just a phone call. Yeah. So I don't really see anyone I work with Mm -hmm. anymore very often. And like, yeah, I have like a couple like culture meetings that I have that like I'm in extracurricular sort of like clubs or employee resource groups that I um, am involved in but otherwise it would be very empty void yeah like if you don't have any groups like that I think that it's it's definitely can be isolating Um, a lot of other people are having a lot of issues with like switching off work and I think work-life balance is something that is so out of balance right now we eat at our desks yeah we We eat at our desks half the day my HR asked me what my lunch break was and I didn't clock it because I'm hourly and I was like girl I I ate in front of my desk I was like (laughs) I sat at my computer I don't you want to clock some time go for it but I don't know (laughs) (laughs) probably five minutes total yeah like it's enough to make a sandwich yeah literally and like you know cutting it yourself off at the end of the day is just so much harder because Mm -hmm. there's there's no real break points you know before I was commuting an hour to my job and once I was there I was there I couldn't be doing you know laundry or the dishes or anything else at home you know and now your day is just your own a little bit more so Mm -hmm. if you want to work at 10 p.m you could could, yeah which is great with the flexibility but it's also really hard to balance it almost sucked me in on sunday i was like oh i could just get a few things done i could just do a quick hour and it's like why it's my sunday yeah, what is wrong I with me budgeting <laughs> this is like my time yeah you know? we should have been podcasting frick <laughs> yeah literally should have been doing this whoops um but it's also like really affecting people's sleep apparently because oh, no. of that um and like 42 percent of people reported poor sleep oh 
Exactly. Sleep is important, especially for your immune system. So that's like definitely something you do not want to skimp on right now in particular. Mm-hmm. But there are kind of some good things, I think, that are happening. There's noticeable shifts in organizations and companies trying to focus more on employees' mental health because of this. Um, so they've offered a lot more like resources for their employees to get the the care that they need there's been increases in those like monthly paid um like health days um increases in parental leave entitlements and also like um, an increase in all those kind of like apps that are like meditation and headspace i like that there is a push for that i feel like it's unfortunate that it takes a pandemic to get people to start to care more about their employees but i do like that there is a a strive to do better and to pay more attention to people's well-being yeah especially because it is hard for a lot of people and to hear like that people are struggling it's in even in this way is like oh god another (laughs) another effect of this godforsaken hundred percent year yeah i mean i think the biggest difference for us in particular with the pandemic has been the lack of a long commute I mean, oh my god that like, was so life-changing that was the first thing well we in the beginning of the pandemic were commuting still and i was actually working in our warehouse which was crazy because they mm-hmm. didn't really have time to train me in my billing role so i was literally like dragging my sisters into the office essentially because <laughs> i had to be there thanks a lot yeah and that commute like having that time back we literally gained like two hours of our day back that is life-changing yeah that like is there's so much you can do in that time now so yeah it's, that was definitely the the biggest come up i would say of the oh my god yeah for us and to be able to be around my things i love in my life like my pets and my plants and even just like having mm-hmm. like m- my books and things around me so like if i, I am on a, a lunch break that i actually take <laughs> then i can sit there and like read a book and pet my cat like that's that's yeah a comfort a blessing. that you can't mm-hmm. always afford mm-hmm. you know definitely another thing this kind of made me realize too was just the disproportionate effect this had on women and obviously minorities. Mm -hmm. The fact that we are so essential and yet we are paid so abysmally for our work. Like my heart was breaking a little bit for like these people that literally have to go in to make like an hourly wage. They can't work from home. And it's it's the people I care about most. It's women and it's people of color. So yeah. it's unfortunate that like because of the positions that those groups more typically have, mm-hmm. they're going to be affected at higher rates. Definitely. You know, and like those were the people that were being furloughed at higher rates yep. and all these different things. And it's like this is affecting the home. It's affecting mm-hmm. the economy. Yeah, and like women with children, like not being able to like really choose. It's like you basically have no choice. Yeah. You are stuck to to basically fend for yourself. It's nice to hear that companies are kind of taking that into consideration more and kind of bending the rules to kind of help. But yeah, yeah it's just it's really unfair and really unfortunate. I know we've been talking about like raising the the federal minimum wage, which hasn't been done since I think two thousand nine, which is crazy so um, already. Yeah, and the <laughs> fact that it's literally it's I think it's seven twenty five, and they're trying to raise it 725? to seven twenty five. You can't survive on that. That's not livable. You can't even. No, it's not livable. I mean, the fact that you could pay tipped waged workers like a. Two thirteen. That hasn't changed since nineteen ninety one. You could pay them. You could pay them as low as two 
13 an hour because like, like oh you're getting tips bother paying me. don't even bother like, that's a slap in the face that's insulting yeah <laughs> like these numbers just don't make sense to me um and like the fact that people are starting to fight the 15 dollars minimum wage thing and like saying it's bad for small businesses and yada, yada yada it's like when you really look at the overall thing that they're trying to do here you have to understand that like we have to eventually start to do that yeah. to bring up the quality of life for millions of people yeah like it's just it's mind-boggling it's mind-boggling and i mean it it goes back to i think like everything where it's like if you give people the resources that they need and the ability to excel and thrive Mm -hmm. that money just goes back into the economy exactly you know like exactly (laughs) if you were to remove student loan debt Mm mm-hmm Mm-hmm. That's just more money of people ready to buy houses yes. and invest yes. in in our businesses. Ugh. So it's crazy that we we can't see past that that dollar symbol. I mm-hmm. think a lot of the time because it just sounds so like it sounds so crazy and yeah. outrageous. How can I pay you fifteen dollars an hour? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's not <laughs> not acceptable. It's yeah. crazy. Yeah, we're we're gonna get there eventually. Yeah. Good luck, Biden. <laughs> <sighs> but. I think what we've kind of been talking about ultimately also is kind of how you have to make the most of it and you have to take things into your own hands. Mm-hmm. I've learned that, I think, a lot with the jobs I've had um, because ultimately at the end of the day, if you're miserable, you have no one to blame but yourself. Yeah. So I learned this term called ikigai, which is a Japanese term that originated in Okinawa, which... Okinawa has the most centenarians or people over 100. So this is like the secret to a long life right here, friends. Fountain of youth. Yeah, fountain of youth. That's right. (laughs) Um, But it essentially translates to kind of like a reason for being or like what gives life value, the reason you get out of bed in the morning. So those kind of concepts don't always have to be tied exactly to your job, Mm -hmm. but it does give you a purpose and value to like getting out of bed in the morning and living life. Yeah. That's such a beautiful concept. I love that they have a word for that. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think that that is something that we often like attribute to a job or a career, but you're right. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be tied to that in any way. It's like, no. what, where are you finding your joy? It used to make me really sad that I had sort of given up on my job being that thing. And now <laughs> it actually feels like really exciting and empowering. because that liberating. It can be anything. Mm-hmm. It can be literally anything. I yeah, You're just excited to get up. Exactly. Exactly. And like some mornings it's meditating and tea and yoga. And that's like, that's the thing right now that's bringing me joy. That is bringing me so much joy. I know. Tea in in general. (laughs) We actually learned about the concept ironically from a sushi restaurant that's in the suburbs by our, our jobs, like office, office, Yeah. yeah, like headquarters. And I didn't know what it meant. And I, I think I Googled it and was just like, Oh, what? And it's actually this really cool, like, four quadrant Venn diagram that is based on that which you love is one category that which you're good at is another one that which the world needs and then that which you can be paid or rewarded for so all those things exactly it's like your passion your mission your vocation your profession and how they all intersect to bring more meaning to your life 
So that is literally the secret. It is. It is. <laughs> I wish someone shared that with me when I was younger. Because if please. I filled out that Venn diagram, I would have found my career somewhere along that path. Yeah, like I would have been like, again. oh, all these things somehow combine into this. Like yeah. it's like your transformer. <laughs> I don't even know. Um, I just think it's a beautiful concept for sure too. Um, in Okinawa, they actually don't have a word for retirement. So it's mm. funny because Americans, we always think of like our adult life and our work life and our retirement life. Yeah. And it's all just kind of one. It's, it's icky guy. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just living. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, but it's funny and they do actually have health benefits associated to this there's literally lower mortality rates and risk of cardiovascular diseases uh so it's not just malarkey yeah (laughs) (laughs) better find this shit quick (laughs) yeah i saw something that called it a treasure map to find the way to discover things about yourself that you can share with the world and people will reward you for it Mm. and i love that idea that like it could be something you get paid for or people just appreciate like that's amazing yeah. i think that's a really great exercise to put yourself down and just kind of like what you know what am i good at what mm-hmm. am i mm-hmm. and evaluating those things because it's very rare that i would like put those things on paper and, i like, also think that. that we don't share we don't share or like celebrate the things that we're good at enough nope. We kind of are like, yeah, exactly. We're like, am I good at that? Yeah. So yeah, I think it's definitely something like a fun exercise to just do for yourself. Very much so. And I think with my life right now, like my ikigai is not my nine to five. So what someone suggested doing was doing like part time ikigai. So from five to nine in the morning and from five to nine at night is time that you can spend on your passions and your side hustle if that's if you wanted to make money from it like if you want to push it those are the, the moments to do it i love that so focus on something that's bringing you joy it could be something as simple as like sharing kindness or doing something to serve create delight nourish provide teach heal connect build anything so for me a lot of the times it is cooking like i yeah. love cooking things melissa gets and served I constantly <laughs> I'm like do you want breakfast i'm making it do you want a, a chai tea latte i'm making it like i like to just like bring her things and Maybe it makes me a professional happy. eater is Mike. <laughs> <laughs> it's your passion if it's you can get paid for it you I let me know for it. yeah <laughs> You are getting rewarded with food on bread. I'm sure I could find some sort of niche. That is very true. (laughs) There's a way. There's there's a will. There's a way. Yeah. (laughs) So I think I I just have found different ways to like work more joy into my days by by doing little things. So if anyone out there is struggling with feeling like their job isn't is bringing them down, I think you kind of have to change your mindset and realize that that's not what's important there's ways to still find joy and bring joy absolutely yeah yeah i think we as americans in particular have a a way of like centering our life around work a little Mm -hmm. too much definitely in in an an unhealthy way like it's not the end all be all you Mm -hmm. know work is just something i do quite Mm -hmm. frankly and it's it's something that enables me to live the life that I want and do the things that I that really bring me joy you know I yeah. love to travel I can't travel without money therefore yeah. I work weird thing weird <laughs> so, loophole <laughs> you know I think that there's just you have to kind of reevaluate why you're doing certain things and yeah making sure that they're worth it for that reason I read the subtle art of not giving an f by Mark Manson and one of the things he says in it is so true and 
it really changed the way I thought about things because your problems are of your own creation. And half the time, those problems are because I want to do all these amazing things. Yeah. So it's like, oh, well, I want to run a marathon. Well, I have to run all the time and train and <laughs> Well, I chose to run a marathon. Yeah. So, so it's I'm doing I, it. Yeah, I'm doing it. I made that problem my own. Yeah. <laughs> so a lot of people will settle instead of struggling for what they really want. So mm. you kind of have to decide, like, do I want to struggle for this? What Ask yourself, what pain do you want to sustain? What pain do you want in your life? And what are you willing to actually struggle for? Yeah. Because dealing with those negative things or seemingly negative in your mind along the way are actually milestones to you achieving your goal. Mm-hmm. So like when I read that, I was like, oh, snap. I was like, mm. so I'm tired because I woke up early because I wanted to read a book or paint. Like, oh, well, that's my problem now because I wanted to be creative and do something that fed my soul. So am yeah. I mad about it anymore? No. <laughs> like, still I chose it. this life. Yeah, like it's it's 100% your choice. Just mm-hmm. I feel like you got to remember that always. And even like... Yeah, the, don't let your life control you. Exactly. You know? like you're still the one making the decisions. And exactly. if it's not what you want to be doing, then yeah. reevaluate. And if your work isn't that thing, maybe like you can do something that brings you joy in your workplace even. Like one of the things that we've done is really been a catalyst for change mm-hmm. and to hold our company and empl- our employer more accountable um, for being more diverse and more sustainable. Like we literally, I started the green team at <laughs> my company and I tried to get people to just care more about the planet and recycling. And I found other people that care about those things too. And being able to share that with people is amazing and it brings me so much joy we had a new member join today and my heart almost exploded (laughs) you were Um, so excited it was adorable my day was absolute shit but that like i was like oh my god i'm doing it i'm over the moon like i'm making a difference yeah and those those spaces like literally do just like bring so much joy to To other people whenever we have those meetings i'm just like ah a relief and a break. Yeah, from... you get to do something different with your day for thirty minutes. Yes, and it's not totally related to like your yeah your nine to five usual stuff. Yeah, and I think it does go back to like that sense of purpose yeah. and like fulfillment of mm-hmm. something. You know, like I always thought that I would do a job that or have a career that really focused on making the world a better place me too i was so convinced yes and so when i kind of landed in a role that really isn't about that at all it was yeah. a very harsh reality for me to be i like, fought it for so long yeah. it broke my heart for so long and it's like why yeah we all do things we like have to do sometimes exactly it doesn't mean it controls Suck who it i am <laughs> it does not control who you are yeah. in, in any capacity or make me less uh, less in any way yes. i'm still worth so much and more yes and i'm still that person who is doing everything that I can to instigate change in the world. Totally. Whether it's through volunteering with things, donating to things, starting groups like this at Mm -hmm. our work. Like, I'm never going to stop being that person that pushes for change. And when we do leave that place, that place will have been changed for the better because of us. Yeah, better for it. That's that's what all I'm trying to do is some people find a beautiful place. Others make a place beautiful. I'm behind that quote 110%. Yes, that's such a good one. It always reminds me of the Girl Scout rule where it's like, leave a place better than one of you found. Yes, Girl Scout rule. Girl Scout rule, (laughs) baby. That's amazing. She always stuck with it. Yeah, I feel like you just have to really start holding it yourself accountable and other people accountable and showing up and showing out and Mm. if if you build it they will come yes 
Yeah, you'll, you'll find your people. Like we started a creative group that we have on Sundays and it's made me make more art and I have connected with some of my coworkers in ways that I did not know was possible. Yeah. It's great. Like I've made friends, actual friends. Totally. Um, and it was just like a small thing that we really did with one other person and yeah. like it's slowly growing. I wouldn't yeah, say it's wouldn't a say booming, it's, no. <laughs> booming club of ours, but, um, but like we are so much more productive for it uh-huh. and mm-hmm. thriving because of it. And Definitely. That's all I need, quite frankly. Yeah. You know, it's bettering our lives. Yeah. And like even people may not know some of the ideas were ours and Mm -hmm. that's fine. I just hope that it continues on. Yeah. I think that's the crazy part too is like companies own your intellectual property basically. Yeah. I think that's kind of disgusting. Those doors. Yeah. I hate that concept, but I get it to some degree. But like even if you don't know that I was the one that created XYZ, Mm -hmm. I left my mark. Yeah. You know, like. I know yeah. <laughs> that I did that. Yeah. <laughs> and you are welcome for it, you know? Yeah. I think that it would have been nice to receive a little bit more recognition and a little bit more thanks in some situations, of course. Yeah. Um, But you can't do things expecting a thank you. Exactly. You know? Yeah. That's not why I, I did that's it. that's the thing. It's you got to be doing it for your own reasons and not for, you know, like selfish intent. Yeah. In some ways, like you're doing it for the better advancement of all. Yeah. Definitely. So if you're thinking about starting your own company or even just a group or a network or something, do it. Reach out. Make it happen. I mean, it might not be leaps and bounds at first. It might just be you and another person. But hey, that might be enough. We should do it. That (laughs) may be enough. Yeah. You don't have to wonder what if. Exactly. So let's have a toast. <laughs> Here's to finding your ikigai. Or part-time ikigai. Whatever you're going to do. <laughs> Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.